Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brampernard. Catherine and Alex are going to be here, but uh, you know what I'm saying. We locked them out. Just the cool kids club today. Exactly. You're locked out. You're out of the mix. They'll be here, but who knows when, because it is my wife and daughter. That's all I have to say. We'll be right back. And one tip off before we move on, ladies and gentlemen, from the talk and text line here at the podcast as well, Joe from Louisville says, snip, snip, Doug. Oh, damn it. What? What He's talking about this morning oh, about the castration, the castration story. <laughs> That's right. I finally got my legs uncrossed. Yeah, exactly. The castration Blow story. Blow it, Steiny. Yeah, I understand. Steiny. I like you calling him Steiny now. There you go. We will be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, we're back up? Yes. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Okay, I did this ad this morning, and the response was unbelievable. We don't do this very often, but this is truly a great new car deal. A brand-new Accord LX. We have only 35 of them that will qualify for this. They were hail-damaged. We repaired them. We can lease them, sign and drive, which means absolutely zero money out of your pocket, $199 a month. That's about $100 a month cheaper than they should be. There's only for 35 The only catch is you have to have decent credit. Uh, when I did this, if you want more information, email me at Doug at Walzer.com. I got 15 emails an hour after that spot hit. Oh, you did? Yep, and I, I, I copied, I responded to all of them, copied the general manager, and then uh, texted him on my just before I left. I said, apparently people listen to the radio, and he said, no shit. So you want <laughs> an Accord, a brand new Accord, which is a fabulous car, $199 a month, three-year lease, sign and drive, no extra fees. Go to Walzer Honda and ask for Dan, the general manager, or you can email me at Doug at Walzer.com and I'll connect you. That's it. 
There you have it. I got to ask you a question, though. Okay. What are they going to do if you ever leave Walzer or I ever leave KQRS? It's an automatic <laughs> lock on all those people. Yeah, I know. It well, is. what the hell are they going to do? They have to sign up for another 20 year contract extension. Yeah, probably. We'll be like Sid. Let me tell you something. I saw to Doug Spencer. He's got a new electric accord. Poor Sidney. He's been doing that, though, since he was like 35. I know. So it all works He's not out a great here. radio voice. Smart guy, though. Let me just tell you something. You don't know a damn thing about it. <laughs> we shall be right back with the family. Immediately. Immediately. Oh, that's right. That's We're not right. going to do music. I forgot. We're not <laughs> doing music. Scientists failed to find Nessie in a study of Scotland's Loch Ness, but they did come up with a uh, possible explanation. Now, I have not looked at this yet, so I don't know what it is. A possible explanation for more than 1,000 reported sightings of the mythical monster, including 14 this year, per the mirror. Unfortunately, we don't yet know the details. The findings to be announced August 29th came after an international team sequenced uh, environmental DNA from 250 water samples per New Zealand Herald. The BBC reports about 500 million sequences have now been analyzed against existing databases in an effort to catalog all animal and plant life within Loch Ness. There are around four main explanations about what has been seen, and our research essentially discounts most of those theories, number one being that Scots, Scottish people drink a lot. No, that I was going to say, that would be my <laughs> guess. <laughs> there you go. Says geneticist Neil Gemmel, or Gemmel, of New Zealand's University of Otago. Tantalizingly, he adds, however, one theory remains plausible. Well, what is it? Think Wait about a minute, that's the end of the story? Let me ask a question. How boring is oh, life in God. New Zealand if you have to go all the way to Scotland I and know. analyze DNA in yeah. a lake? Well, there is that. Uh, what do you think it is? Do you guys have a theory on what it might be? Bad photography. Well, yeah, there's supposed to be pictures. There are, but they're all, you know, they're all blurry and from the 19th. The, last, no. the only one I remember is from the 30s, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's an I old think that, black and white picture. It kind yeah, of looks right. like a bunch of tires floating in the lake. The thing I don't get about all these monsters that have been around forever, it's like, especially Bigfoot. The first documented sighting of Bigfoot was like 150 years ago. So even if he did exist then, the odds of him still being alive today are like basically none. So... Yeah, there's not many think mammals would, that live. I yeah, think turtles can live that long. Yeah, right? there's and, some. and not even then that often. Yeah. So it's like you think, okay, sure, he existed, but he almost certainly doesn't exist no matter what now because he would have died. Really? You don't know how old the lock I mean, Nessie. I almost call him Lossie. Yeah. Well, the Loch Ness Monster, I think, is even older than that. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. The Loch Ness Monster has been around here. forever, I think. The Monster. Uh, 1933. So That was it? That was the first sighting? Uh, yeah, that's that picture I was talking about, right? There's some the one, blurry one right black now. and white photo. The picture where it looks like his Oh, that, penis that's when it was brought to worldwide attention. But Oh, okay. It's happened many times before. Apparently St. Columbia in 565 AD talked about him, so... Ooh, good so old St. Columbia. Another big drinker, probably. That's one old monster. You know what I saw? It was unbelievable. The patron saint of Red Bud Marijuana. Yeah, there you go. That I, might have been what did it. Saint? You think? Was, you think just seeing stoned, things? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it is a possibility. No, no question about that. So, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. We don't know what's going on with the Loch Ness or whatever. I thought they were going to give us 
one of the plausible theories, but then they but just they don't. blew right through it. It's like, what are we doing? It's a terrible article. It really is a terrible article. It's unbelievable. It's very upsetting. So have you seen the uh, uh, Righteous Gemstones yet? I uh, have not heard it's really good, though. It's just unbelievably twisted and dark. Is it? John Goodman is the patriarch God, of, I love uh, He's wonderful. of uh, evangelists that run a mega church down south. He's got his two sons and his daughter who's just dying for attention. Right. In one of the scenes, they have Sunday dinner at a restaurant, and the, the two boys start going at it, and so John Goodman eventually slaps one of his sons right across the face, and then as he's Whoops. walking out of the restaurant, his daughter runs up and goes, Daddy, can you slap me too? <laughs> Oh, and it's man. Katie Longmire. Oh, it's Katie. That's right. You tell me Katie Longmire. Is and they it. have three golf streams, and one's called the Father, and the other one's called the Son, and the third oh, one's no. called the Holy Spirit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, okay. It's, it's way over the top. Good. I'll watch it, because I like him anyway. I, I, he's lost weight. He looks, yeah, he he looks good. He, he really looks good. Huh. The World Health Organization says the levels of microplastics in drinking water don't appear to be risky, but that research has been spotty and more is needed in, into the effects on the environment and health. Microplastics are created when man-made materials break down into tiny particles smaller than about five millimeters or roughly one-fifth of an inch, although there is no strict scientific definition. In a report published Wednesday, yesterday, the United Nations Health Agency says the minuscule plastics are ubiquitous in the environment and have been found in drinking water, including both tap and bottled water, most likely as a result of treatment and distribution systems. But just because we're ingesting them doesn't mean we have a risk to human health, says Bruce Gordon, WHO's coordinator of water sanit uh, sanitation and hygiene. We could have told you that you've been, you've been inhaling those and, and ingesting those for years. So that... A uh, parody site I was telling you about this morning that you were reading, uh, Waterford Whispers. That's phenomenal. I went and looked at that, I, and I couldn't have said it on the radio. It's laid out like a newspaper, and there's one section. I'm like, is that right? It's titled Gash. And you click on it, and it's all feminine beauty stories. What? <laughs> really? And one of them is oh my God. Um, skin uh, treatment that will kill every fish on the planet, but who cares because you'll look effing great. <laughs> you'll look effing great. Well, yeah, there you go. That's exactly it. Andy, have you seen this yet? Waterford, what is it, Waterford? I think it's Waterford Whispers. It's a parody Whispers site like News. The Onion. or Waterford Whispers News, I think yeah. it is, dot com, isn't it? Uh, one of the stories on there, Andy, you'll love is people were very upset when they heard uh, the Amazon was on fire. But luckily, it turned out to be the forest, not the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay if forest burned to the ground. There's another one. Man will rewatch Brokeback Mountain now that he's slightly less homophobic. <laughs> slightly less. Apparently, Emil needs you to describe the opening sequence with the wave pool baptism. I think he means from that one. Movie. Oh yeah, that is kind of nutty. So they go to China and do a. Who goes a, to China? This is in that. Um, the gemstone. Yeah, the yeah. gemstone deal. Oh, okay. It's the opening scene, and I, I actually walked in kind of in the middle of it. They're baptizing like five thousand Chinese people, and it winds up they're all cannonballing into the pool and stuff like that. Right. It's pretty weird. Mm. So well, it's a wave pool. I mean, yeah, it's what you do. It's what you do in a wave pool. Gemstones. It's called. Yeah, the righteous the gemstone. Righteous the families, their last name is gemstone. That's why it's, it, I don't, it doesn't have anything to do with name. diamonds. I would not go through life, Mister Gemstone. <laughs> well, it's Sorry. a good name for an evangelist. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. That is true. If he's an evangelist, that's true. It's a good name for him. 
Um, just a quick, quick couple of things on how crazy the world is getting, and it's getting worse. I talked to a kid named Jackson Lefebvre this morning. He's the one that, that invented uh, Park The Loop. parking app thing. Yeah. Was it called? Park Looper? I think it is. Yeah, something like that. Nice kid. Really nice kid. And I told him, I, am, I have so much faith in your generation because we have lost our minds. I looked at two stories this morning. Uh, all the far left are very upset that Sean Spicer is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I think it's awesome. I miss I Spicy. I do, too. He was great. Why I mean, we don't have care? a press secretary anymore. They never have press conferences. No, that's exactly I, and right. And when, uh, what's her name, parodied him on Saturday Night Live with the motorized podium? Yeah. That was just fabulous. Uh, uh, yeah, Melissa Kate, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I was going to yeah. say Kate McKinnon. but She was phenomenal. But, see, everybody's upset about that. On all the, the New York Times is all whipped up some guy named... Pony Boy or something. I don't know what the hell his name is. So we got that on the far left. And on the far right, we got the President of the United States saying, I'm the chosen one. What I, the hell I, is wrong with I you I do people? have a theory that he's honestly trying to get fired. And I he agree. Just, he just can't. For some reason, nobody will fire him. <laughs> well, let me try this. Hmm. What have I said? I think you're right about that. It's just, it's, it's. It's not boring. That's for no, sure. No, it is not. I mean, you look at uh, so you got the Spicer on the left, you got Trump on the right, and then you got these two nut jobs, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Nothing of what they're proposing could ever possibly work. Yeah, but they're still doing it. And Bernie's coming to the state fair, you know. I, he'll be here this weekend, I think. Right? That's exactly right. I got to get right. I got to get his accent down because he is such a crazy. You know, he tried to, to be an actor. That oh, did he work. really? Tried to be a singer. That didn't work. A singer. Well, you know, Larry David made it. And he I was he, walking he, yeah. along oh, the yeah. highway. Remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, just dreadful. These people that we have running for president and being president are insane. What are we going to do about that? Can we get anybody even keel or people? The extremists won't vote for anything. Even no, keel. I know. That's a problem. It is a huge problem. I kind of like Mayor Pete, but I don't know. Th- I don't think he can make it. But he he manages to keep his cool and usually is articulate and intelligent. Yeah, he can't even run his own city. That's the well, problem you got there. Well, and he's gay. There's a lot of people that won't vote for him just because. Why of that. would you care what he does? Well, with I his don't genitalia? care. I know you don't care. But why would anybody care what you do with your penis if you're the president? Look at what Kennedy did. Man, he was playing. He was playing hide the banana all the time. Yeah, no, he was good it's at so it. It's so weird how no one cared that he was doing that. I know and it was then, a different world. And then I mean, Clinton was just, came along and he did it once, did and that ruined his career. No, no, he did. Well, well, no, it didn't really ruin his career. not his career, but yeah, he, he did it got constantly. fired. Although he went on that speaking tour with Hillary, and it just they couldn't even sell any. Oh, yeah, really? Any tickets? That's interesting. Yeah, nobody wanted to see him. Um, the problem with Ken, there's a story that I had heard years and years ago, and apparently now they're talking about it. A couple of women died at the White House, Asian women. Oh, really? Because JFK would like to have sex with Asian women, but he would hold their heads underwater in the swimming pool while he was doing it. Andy, could you find out information on that? JFK. JFK drowns Asian women or has sex with Asian women in, in the pool. I would definitely log in on an incognito yeah, bureau. Real. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. on that one. Otherwise, you'll have the knock at the door. But you think of all that stuff. Over the years, how many of these presidents were doing really weird things that we didn't even know about? And i got to believe Ben Franklin, as weird as he was, was doing oh, some he was really a, goofy stuff. There's one ben Franklin was a messed up guy. He really was. Is, uh, uh, what's his name in it? Ah, uh, it's Adams. It's about the second president of the United States. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
It's a great series on what HBO. It's probably cooking? 10 years old now. But what is... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I can see him in front of me that plays Adams. He does great. You know him. He's just a fabulous actor. Yeah. Uh, he played... But anyway, there's a scene in there where he walks in to uh, Ben Franklin's room in France, and he's naked with the Duchess of France, and they're playing chess in a bathtub. Ben Franklin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he was an odd cat, from what I understand. Well, he liked Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he loved hookers. Yeah, he did love. That was he. He played Adams. Paul Giamatti did. Oh yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did know it's that. A, yep. It's a that's a great, great uh, docudrama. He's a hell really of an good. actor. Yeah. He's a hell of an actor. What'd you find out about JFK and the Asian women? Turns out if you try to look up any fetishes of his, you find a whole lot of stuff. So it's difficult to no, he had a filter lot, he did. out anything. No, he had a lot of fetishes. He was nuts. <clears throat> no, Well, that whole family's insane. I mean, name somebody in that family that isn't crazy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a short list, that's for sure. I mean, Joe Kennedy, people don't even know oh, this. Oh, he's a gangster. He was a gangster and a flaming racist, and yeah. nobody ever talks about that. A lot of those guys back at that era were, you know, like Henry Ford and all those guys were Well, his of... own son-in-law, the guy who became his son-in-law, that was in Palm Beach, too, by the way. Peter Lawford, as a teenager, was parking cars, and he, he came, drove up in front of it. I can't remember the name of the restaurant anymore. It doesn't matter. But he pulled up at the restaurant. Well, it'd probably be the Breakers, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, could, yeah I, one of those. But he went in and said, who's that white kid out there parking cars? They said, his name was Peter. And they go, well, fire Peter. He's eating lunch with big ends. Oh, no. That's real nice. Okay there, Joe Kennedy. And then all of a sudden they became the, oh, we we support all people. It's like, yeah, sure you do. Gang, criminal. They were all criminals. Well, wasn't, and I don't know, this is just off the top of my head, wasn't it uh, theorized that he was one that put the arm on Daly to have all the dead people vote in the presidential yes, election? <laughs> absolutely. Well, he and Sam Giancana. Yeah. Giancana did a lot of work to And get JFK did not win by a landslide. It was a JFK really, really win, right. actually. Yeah. It, he, right. They cheated, just like right. Al Franken and Norm Coleman. Oh, we found 500 or 450 votes in a trunk. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> And I don't, you know what, it's been going on from both sides, so I'm not going, oh, look at this. Republicans do it, Democrats do it. Politicians are filthy pigs in general. I mean, not all of them, but most of them are. Yeah, a lot of them are. They're not nice people, let me put it that way. A lot of money in that, though. Apparently. I I still want to know where Maxine Waters came up with $8 million doing what she does. Her husband has a lot of dough, doesn't he? Is that what it is? I think so. Because she got investigated for something during the recession oh, about trying to steer funds, recovery right. funds, into his bank or something oh, like is that. that right? I think he's a banker. Oh. Well, so they, they found her, you know, they let her off. I don't know why. Of course I'm they did. Working from memory, somebody can Google it if you want all the details. I still them. love her anyway. She's got South Central as a district, but she lives on the border of Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> all of them, Democrats, Republicans, these people are just odd. But we're going to start getting some of them on the show here, from what I understand. Well, we're going to try. It'll be interesting. It's, uh... I've, I've reached out to Melvin Carter, to Jacob Fry, to Governor Walls, ask, you know, Amy Klobuchar. So let me ask try. Me the morning me, show. I, I have a strategy, and I think we we've got the it. first person coming on. So my, my strategy is if this is successful, then we can then I'll reach out to other people and say, look, this is what we did, and listen to the deal. And yeah. when they realize that they're not going to get 
blown up that this oh, isn't wait. CNBC or Fox and Friends or whatever it is, right. you know, where we just scream at people. Right, right. And they'll go, oh, okay, that sounds pretty good. I guess I could do that. I don't really understand. How do they not know that I don't attack my guests? I don't know. I've been on the air now for 34 years. I've attacked maybe two guests because they attacked me first. And I did say Ann Coulter was nuts, but... Well, she is. <laughs> guess, she Most is people would nuts. agree. She's nuts, man. Woo! She's out there. We'll take a break. Be right back. Got a special guest coming up next with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting we don't have music because Cassie's not here. No big deal. Forgetting we don't have no music. Byron Brown with us, ladies and gentlemen. What are seven of the strangest personal injury cases in history? Byron, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Marvelous. Arizona-based trial attorney Byron Brown. Oh, I like this. Known as the anti-lawyer lawyer. Well, it's pretty easy to be an anti-lawyer lawyer, though, don't you think, Byron? I don't know about that. I like to say that I'm unique, you know, from my appearance to, to how I present. <laughs> you know, I'm the only lawyer with his neck and hand tattoos that I'm aware of, so... I like to say that I'm not your typical lawyer. No, I don't think you are the typical lawyer. That's exactly what I was saying. But I, I was just talking to a lawyer friend of mine last night, and uh, a lot of lawyers right now, I, I don't know, Byron, maybe you can answer this for me, but a lot of them, you hire some lawyers now, and you pay them, and they don't do a damn thing. What is that all about? Well, that's the problem for sure, is a lot of lawyers are like that, and that's one of the most common complaints is, you know, you pay them, and your case doesn't seem to go anywhere. And I always tell people, you know, just stop paying them. Make sure that you see progress in your case before you, you pay them for anything. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So where are you from? Are you from Arizona originally, Byron? I'm actually originally from Canada. 
Calgary, Alberta. I was going to say, you don't sound like you're from Arizona. I was going to guess, I was going to guess Ely, Minnesota. You sound like you have a Northern accent for sure. I will tell yeah. No, I was actually just in Minnesota, St. Cloud, Minnesota, a couple of weeks ago for a wedding and it felt a lot like home. Yep. Why didn't you stop by Byron? We're right down 70 miles away. I should have. It all works out. And by the way, I, let me tell you something. Um, Calgary, uh, Banff, Lake Louise, man, that's like heaven for my family and me. Yeah, that's that's some beautiful country. It is. Matter of fact, on my uh, on my honeymoon, we flew into Calgary and then went up to Camelback Mountain. No, not Camelback. What's it called? Saddleback Mountain. That's what it's called. Saddleback Mountain, we rode horses up the mountain and white water rafted down the mountain. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, let's talk seven of the strangest personal injury cases. Byron, what I'll do is just turn it over to you because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love hearing about these. Yeah, so the first one we got is called a horror story. We have a 57-year-old lady who goes to a haunted house. And she actually gets what you think she would have got. She got scared, and she feels like she got too scared in the haunted house, and so she files a claim for damages. Obviously a terrible case, but some lawyer took it, and uh, her case actually got thrown out of court. But she was claiming psychological injury, more like she's just psychologically slow because the warning of it being a haunted house is enough, you would think, and that's why her case got thrown out. Yeah, I mean, you would just think, well, that you're here to be scared, and if you got scared, that's why you were here in the first place. Right, and you know what's funny is that brings me to one of my favorite ones. It's a whale of a tail, and it's a guy who always wanted to swim with a killer whale, so he's oh. at SeaWorld, oh. and he jumps into the aquarium, the home of a 14,000-pound killer whale. <laughs> he comes out, unfortunately, on the wrong end of it, and his family sues SeaWorld saying that the warnings weren't sufficient enough. And, you know, it's one of those things. Like, you get into the home, an aquarium of a 14,000-pound killer whale. That 14,000-pound killer whale is enough warning that you shouldn't be getting in there. Yeah, I, I would not get in there, Byron. i got to be honest with you. Just the killer part of it would have been enough for me. That's what you would think, right? But I guess uh, common sense ain't so common anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, Byron, that's a very, very good point. We don't have, at least America, maybe Canada does now, I don't know, but you can you can tell me from Arizona, uh, Americans have lost their common sense. We do some of the most ridiculous things now I've ever lived through. Yeah, yeah, I think that's universal. That's in Canada as well. I like to say now it's uncommon sense. Yeah, well, it is, Byron. I mean, it's, it's 100%. We're talking to Byron Brown. Uh, what are the seven strangest personal injury cases in history? Um, I That's another thing we like to do right now, Byron, and maybe it's gotten a lot harder to do your, or maybe easier to do your job because people love, they absolutely love to insist that their feelings were hurt or you hurt me in some way, you're a bully. People love to be a victim right now, don't they? Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of these cases are. Is just people don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. Right. They always want to blame somebody else, and then they, they feel like they deserve compensation, money for it. Just It's not the case. Just because your feelings got hurt or you're embarrassed doesn't mean you have a claim or you're entitled to any money. Right. Byron, do you think that a lot of people are on a money hunt now? That's what it's all about. Is there any way they could possibly get their hands on money, they'll do it? 100%. If there's an opportunity... 
for them to work the system and their benefit to line their pockets. They're all about it. No, they are. I, I, I've witnessed it myself. I do a morning talk show as well, uh, along with this one. And boy, do I get threatened with lawsuits on an, un, it's a never ending thing. No matter what I say, I'm going to go after you. Settle down, calm down. And that's the thing. Everyone says they have a lawyer. They're like, I'm going to get my lawyer on. You don't have a lawyer. You know, like very few people have a lawyer on call, right? I you mean, know, I, I got to burst in on this. I've been in the car business for almost 40 years, and I ran dealerships. And they, we'd get that every once in a while when a customer was really peed off. And for a, it took me a long time to figure out what to do. And I'd look him in the eye and say, all right, here's my phone. Let's call him up, and I'll talk to him right now. Yeah, there you go. No. Ah, exactly. Ah, Good ah, for you, man. Ah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, now I can just tell them my lawyer's Byron Brown, so yeah. shut it. That'd be phenomenal. There you go. I like 100%. it. 100%. Um, so you, you started off with two pretty strange cases. Let's go swimming with a killer whale that kills you, and let's go into a place where I'll get scared, and you get scared and then sue. That's a, that's a good start, Byron. Yeah, well, we got another one, fool factor. So I know everyone's probably heard of fear factor. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody, when you hear about fear factor, you think of two things. Joe Rogan. Yep. And then number two, people eating gross stuff. And so this is what right, happened. Right. The guy's watching TV, he tunes into Fear Factor, and he sees people eating rats. And it, it makes him vomit. He runs, he injures himself, he files a claim. And again, it's one of those things, you know, like common sense. Like you have a thumb, it's the thing that separates us from the apes. Just change the channel. Obviously, that guy didn't have, you know, the common sense to do that. He files a claim and, you know, it was worth nothing and the court threw it out. What I don't really understand is, uh, were, were people really eating rats, or were they just a- appearing to oh, eat? Oh, yeah, on Fear Factor, they, they have them eat all rats. sorts oh, no, they, of they, nasty stuff. Yeah, they eat rats on there, man. They eat, like, sheep's brains, intestines, tongues, some gross stuff. And that was supposed to be entertainment, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some people it is, yeah. I guess. I, it's not for me. I don't know. It's, well, uh, it was like a challenge. It was like, can you... Can you do this dangerous thing, or can you eat this gross thing? Or, And if you can, you get money, I think. Oh, yeah, you win money. Yeah, I think like the, the, it's stages within the contest, right? Yeah. They always have one stage that's like eat something gross. Yep. And if you can't do it, then you stop there. If you do it, you move forward. It there was really go. big when I was a kid. So I think what I'm going to do, Byron, and now we're, uh, you know, we're about halfway through the interview now, I'm going to just... I'm going to file a claim saying I had a guest on, and he was really interesting, and it made me feel bad. Yeah, because you're inferior. Because <laughs> I'm inferior. So I'm, I really feel bad, Byron. It's your fault. I just want you to know that. Yeah. I, I love these stories. I, I'm, I'm laying back just listening to stories because so far the stories have been phenomenal. Well, you ask about lawyers not doing stuff, so this is the one, the case of a missing patch. We have an administrative judge. So this guy's a lawyer. And he goes to a dry cleaners, drops off his pants. There's a sign there that says satisfaction guaranteed. And they lose his pants, so he's not satisfied. So he files a claim for $57 million, probably over a pair of $57 pants. And the kicker, too, is they actually find the pants and give them back to him. And he proceeds with the case. And then what ends up happening is, and he's representing himself, you know, he's the top of the fool in, oh, in, in yeah. my profession, yep. if a lawyer represents him or herself, they have a fool as a client. And right. so this guy's number one fool. And um, what ends up happening is case gets thrown out, and then insult on injury, the state bar that regulates his profession in his state 
they actually start going after them for ethical violations because of the frivolous nature of the lawsuit. So, um, yeah, that guy got his a couple different ways from Sunday. I just, why did he go from $57 to $57 million? What is that all about? Well, again, it kind of goes to what you said, right? Is He feels like his time and inconvenience was worth something, and it's the worst thing people do in lawsuits is overreach, and mm-hmm. obviously $57 million is too much. I mean, if he went after a couple hundred bucks, you know, probably, you know, you would have never heard about it. It would have been right. a small claims court and yep. you would have got it, right? Yep. But right. Yep. he overreached, which a lot of people do. They mm-hmm. don't value their case appropriately, and then they end up in the soup, and that's what happened to this guy. Yeah, it just uh, $57 million over a pair of pants. Good God. Whatever, yeah, Pally. Like you can't make this stuff up. No, you really can't make this stuff up. It, it, it just, I don't know. I, 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 You know, calling yourself the anti-lawyer lawyer, you must get tons of calls from lawyers that are willing to go after someone for no reason whatsoever just to see if they can, they can kind of push you into doing a settlement and never going to court, never having to work. It's just trying to scare well, you out a little bit of money. Yeah, and and that's what happens in these cases, you know, is some lawyer is trying to keep the lights on in the on his shop, mm-hmm. uh, signs up the case, hoping that some corporation is going to, you know, make a decision of, hey, look, mm-hmm. if we pay this amount of money, you know, a couple grand or whatever, mm-hmm. then we can get rid of it. Or we need to hire a lawyer and spend tens of thousands of dollars to defend it. So, yeah, 100%. A lot of lawyers plan on that quick and easy settlement to make their living. Yeah, it sure is becoming more and more apparent. Byron, do you think, do you ever think we're going to change our laws in America? And I think New Zealand's the only other place in the world where if you file a frivolous lawsuit and you lose, you have to pay everybody's attorney fees. Why don't we do that oh, in America? That, we do do that in America, and just not a lot of people know about it. You know, oh. I have a lot of clients where Whenever I talk to them and give them advice about whether to file a lawsuit or not, one of the things I have to tell them ethically is, hey, listen, if you lose, you can be responsible for the other side's attorney's fees and costs. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't know that. Um, But, yeah, that happens. And, you know, people end up owing money for it. And I just don't think enough people, they only hear about the good, right? They hear about the McDonald's coffee case and the multi-million dollar woman getting all of that. But they don't hear about the cases where people lose you know, everything over, you know, just being pig-headed to go forward with a suit they shouldn't have in the first place. And part of that is obviously, you know, their their headstrong position, but also part of it is I think they got a bad lawyer. I mean, your lawyer yeah. needs to give you that advice, you know, even if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, and it's like any every other job. I don't care if it's lawyers or radio announcers or whatever it is. Most people doing it are not very good at it, and it's just a fact. That's with any job. 100%. That's too. That's unfortunate. Okay, so now we. Where do we move on? The, the the seven strangest personal injury cases. What are we on? Number four or five? Um. I, yeah. I think it's. I think it's five. You know, we all love donuts, but probably not as much as this guy. We had an ambulance driver who, who who's taken a young kid to the hospital, and I swear to you, he on the way to the hospital, he stops and picks up a a dozen Krispy Kremes. And the boy's mom finds out about it. She files a complaint. The driver loses his job. And then the driver files a claim against his employer for intentional infliction of emotional distress. And the guy in court actually says he thought it was okay 
because he was on his lunch break. Was this so a, talk about no common sense, right? Was this a state where marijuana was legal by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> How high would you have Probably to be as an that. ambulance driver to pull in for a dozen well, Krispies? Yeah. That's a serious case of the munchies for sure. Yep. There's no doubt about it. We're talking to Byron Brown about the seven strangest personal injury cases in history. We are number six. Yeah, so um, this one is probably more common to most people. we got a guy who goes in to a subway in New York. He's eating his sandwich, and he bites down, and he feels a serrated edge, and so he stops biting down. And, you know, he, it, this is a good, it's a good case. He, he wanted a million. He got 20 grand. And the reason he got the 20 grand instead of the million is he just didn't bite down hard enough. And it might sound crass, but when we look at personal injury cases, the number one thing is injury. So if your injuries aren't severe enough, then you're not going to get as much money. So if this guy cut open his mouth bad, lost some teeth, you know, jacked up his jaw, then he would have got more money. Uh, but, you know, you can tell with 20 grand, he, he was still injured, but um, just not enough to get the million he wanted yeah, that makes total sense. Before we go on to number seven and the final strangest personal injury case in history, Byron, were you a hockey player? I was growing up. I yep. knew it. I could tell by oh, your really, because he, he, what a long shot that was. He's Canadian. Not right? everybody in Canada plays hockey. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. In Minnesota, Minnesota is obviously the state of hockey in America, so. But yeah, you just you have that demeanor of a hockey player. Were you an enforcer? A hundred percent. There you go, yeah, baby. Going to drop the gloves. Yeah. <laughs> we go on to number seven with Byron Brown, ladies and gentlemen. So this one's funny because I'm from Canada. Obviously, you guys, Minnesota. I mean, the weather forecast when I grew up was never accurate. It wasn't something you you go by right. as you dress or go through your day because it could just be a hit or miss. So this lady, this is out of Israel. She dresses a little light because the weather forecast says it's going to be nice out. It isn't. She gets sick. She incurs medical bills and lost wages, but she can't go to work. Uh, and she files a claim, and she actually gets money for it. And the only ex ex explanation I got for that is that she's in Israel because if that happened here in America, there's no way you'd get damages for it. I mean, listen, I live in Arizona. The weather forecast here is always right because it's 100% chance of 110 degree heat. Right. But outside of that, you know, they're just the weather forecast isn't something you expect to be dialed in. So, um, yeah. But hey, good for that lady. She she recovered her damages um, and and won her case. That is a good thing. If people want to reach out to you, Byron, how do they do that? Yeah, one eight hundred anti lawyer. And then also they can go to antilawyer.com or find me on social media at antilawyer. You're still an enforcer after all these years, Byron. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Byron Brown, ladies and gentlemen, Arizona-based trial attorney again. Just go. His number is 1-800-ANTI-LAWYER. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We'll take a break. Be right back. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. 
We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back in the saddle, ladies and gentlemen. Do you think uh, anybody outside of Minnesota, a radio person outside of Minnesota, would have, well, obviously Wisconsin too, but would have known that he was a hockey enforcer? No, probably not. Probably not, but they, <laughs> those guys all sound the same. Yeah, they do. Which is cool. I mean, I think it's kind of kind of great. Here's an interesting. I wonder what what the heck he's doing in Arizona. That's a long way from home. But I know. Can it's got to be a girl. Can't... I'm sure he is a woman oh, in there somewhere. Oh yeah, you might be right. Usually, that's why people go from one place. You to might another. be right. Oh, they just announced. I mean, this this uh, just popped up. Uh, 11:29 Central. So this just popped up. What about uh, about 30? Uh, excuse me, 23 minutes ago. Um. Last week, former Congressman Joe Walsh wrote an op-ed in the New York Times saying President Trump should face a conservative challenger in the primary. Now it appears Walsh has found just the guy, and that would be himself. Both the Times and Politico report that Walsh, and not the Joe Walsh you're thinking of. No, it's not the guitar player. It's not the guitar player. Uh, Calls Trump absolutely unfit for office, is poised to announce his candidacy as early as the weekend. So who's Walsh? He served one term in the House after being elected in Illinois as a Tea Party conservative in 2010. Walsh, who now hosts a radio show, initially supported Trump, but now as a vocal critic. His chances are pretty much non-existent, though, with a caveat. Uh, Walsh has virtually no chance of beating Trump, per the Times, and Politico agrees that he has little chance of posing a genuine threat. However, Walsh could expose Trump's weaknesses on the right, which could hurt the president in a general election. I don't care. You know, I really don't care who the president is as long as we have an even keel Congress going, no, you, I don't want somebody controlling the White House uh, and both sides of Congress, the Senate and the House. I, we don't need that anymore ever again. Yeah. Ever again. They take way, 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 way too many uh, chances with our money and our lives and all the rest of it. As long as there's, there's somebody blocking it. That's why I think, to tell you the truth, that eventually we should come up with maybe a, th- a three-person presidency or something. Well, you'd have to change the Constitution to do that. Good. You get two-thirds change. of the, or three-quarters, whatever the threshold is of yeah. the Senate to agree to that, I think, is a, it's never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen, which is unfortunate. But I, I just really, and, and, and I can throw them out there not because they're Muslims or whatever, but because they haven't done a damn thing for their constituents. These four women 
and two of them are Muslim and two of them are not, but why don't you serve your constituents before you go running all over the world to bitch about things, which is what you're doing? And, you know, it, outside of them, I, I was an Angie Craig fan. I thought she ran a good mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from her since she got elected. Nothing. What they don't do doing? anything. None of these people ever do a damn thing. It is unbelievable. Except bitch about And Dean Phillips. I mean, in fair, I'm not, not just singling out Angie Craig. It's Well, Dean Phillips, there's a guy asked me to endorse him. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. He came in and did the podcast but, and but, everything. But you didn't because he's Jewish? Uh, no, I did. Yes. <laughs> I'm not endorsing any Jews. Forget it. That's exactly what I said. No, I endorsed him. He, he knew Ryan Burnett. That's how he mm-hmm. got a hold of me. So I said, you know what? That's good He seems like me. a smart and reasonable guy. Never heard from him again. Once he got elected, never never called, never Isn't showed that up. weird? Yeah, it's just, could you at least pretend to be a decent human being? It was so funny. The attack ads uh, against him, it was like they took the attack ads that they ran against Stuart Mills and then just put yeah. Phillips' <laughs> name That's in there. That's true. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> Look, I don't. He seemed like a nice enough guy, but he's so disingenuous. I just don't like that about these people. Yeah, you know, if so, if you're going to take the time to come in and be on my show, and then I do endorse you, and then you win, could you at least have the decency to reach out and go, you know what? Thanks. If, well, and what a great way to keep in touch with your constituents. I agree, but they don't care about that. You know, he, what's he worth? Like sixty million yeah, or something? Or, it's I don't know. Apparently, a lot of money in selling vodka. Well, who, he, who knew? Well, he got all the dough, didn't he? I, I don't think, think so. there was anybody left. Which, God bless him, I'm not saying that that's yeah. a problem or whatever. But at least try not to be so phony. That would be good. Right? Yep. Sarah Sanders is returning to the public eye. The former White House press secretary is joining Fox News as a political analyst. Oh, no. Does that surprise you? I didn't know the job. It just said she has a new job. So I, I brought it up, and I don't pre-read stories I know you ever. Don't. Um, her first appearance will be on Fox and Friends September 6th. Sanders served as a press secretary from July uh, 20, uh, 2017 through June of this year, though she made fewer and fewer appearances before reporters over time. In fact, the once usual daily briefings effectively ended. Variety notes it's not unusual for former press secretaries to test the cable TV waters. And the Hollywood Reporter isn't surprised at all, given, uh, given that her dad, Mike Huckabee, Already is a Fox contributor. Well, George Stephanopoulos was a press secretary, wasn't he? I think. I think he was for was Clinton. I think that's right. Uh, and then they found out he's too short. So <laughs> I just, I do not like him. Yeah. He worked at ABC the same time I did. Oh, did he? Yeah. Not a nice guy. He's really mad at the world that he's three feet tall. <laughs> well, he is. I'm sorry. And I don't mind short guys. I just mind short guys when they're an a-hole about it. You know what I mean? I know a few, but I'm not going to mention it. I'm just going to keep quiet. <laughs> well, there you go. You just keep it to yourself. That's right. So uh, we haven't talked to you. I haven't talked to you since that big breakup between Larry King and his eighth wife. Oh boy. What do you think? I don't. I... He makes you look good. Well, a lot of people make me look good. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Why did they break up? I didn't. I didn't. Those two kids. Yeah, I mean, they've been married for what twenty years or something. Twenty-two like that? years. Yeah. yeah, they've been married twenty-two years. Apparently. Larry King and Sean King are ending their marriage after 22 years, which makes it the longest by far. The former CNN host, eight marriages. Now, I, I do know that like 10 years ago, he was banging her sister, apparently, and she caught him doing that. But she was also banging a guy named Richard Green, and he, she went to Larry and said, I want a divorce because I want to marry Richard Green. And then Richard Green called Larry and said, I'm not marrying her. What's she talking yeah. about? <laughs> like, these people are all nuts. She is a good-looking woman. Well, she's better looking than Larry. 
Larry's not a handsome. No, double, I wouldn't be honest with you. He's looked like he's eighty for since he was like forty. Didn't yeah, Trump tell him happened. one time, "Your breath stinks. Yes. Get away from me." Did you do me a favor and back up. Your breath is really bad, <laughs> which is perfect. Like, <laughs> go, just, Don. That's, that's great. Honestly, God, it's such a Donald Trump thing to do, isn't it? But the weird thing about the Sean King uh, and Larry King divorce is their own children, her own children, went to their dad and said, "You need to divorce her." Wow. Oh, wow. That is not good news when you turn on your own mother. How old is, is Larry? 85? 85, yeah. She's yeah. 85, and she, I think, is like 27. Yeah. No, she's 59. So, you know, he's got 26 years on her. That's a big spread. I, yeah, it's a big spread. I, Sarah know. and I are a few years apart, but she knows all the Beatles songs. So that's. As long as she knows the Beatles yeah, songs. That's right. You know what's so funny? We were talking about uh, <laughs> the Beatles this morning, and I don't, don't remember how it even came up. Oh, it's because I was talking about the fact the perfect Beatles song, as far as Lennon and McCartney are concerned, is uh, We Can Work It Out. Yeah. Because John is all negative and Paul is all positive. That's right. And it just worked out to this magnificent song. And people got very, very misty and, and kind of pining away for the old days of the Beatles. I still love that music. I don't listen oh, to it. I do too. I, I, I listen to it in spells. You know, I'll sit yeah, down too. and listen to my two favorite albums, and I think they're really the same record as Rubber Soul and Revolver. So oh, a few times God. a year, I'll just put them on back to back and just I got hang in out the, in the yeah. office and listen to them. I got them in the car right now. I put them in the car about a week ago. Both Revolver and Rubber Soul. There's I, I can't find it. I looked for it a while ago. Somebody published. It's really their most prolific career all the hit songs they wrote in like 11 or 12 months and that's astounding it's from oh, yeah. like mid 65 yeah. till late 66 it's like holy crap it is unbelievable the the, the well and uh it, it did come up and i think it might have been michael brunt no you sent in the oh about frank sinatra about frank sinatra yeah because yeah, frank sinatra covered that song and that's oh, where that wonderful came from. version but it is one of the greatest love songs yeah, it probably is the greatest love song of all time because it's so very very sweet but I think George was like that, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, he was, I think he was a pretty gentle guy, from what I can tell. Yeah. he. Uh, uh, I mean, the day he died was one of the toughest KQ morning shows I ever did. You know, it's obviously, September 11, 2001 was as well, but yeah. that came on at 745. But we found out just before the show started that George had died, and that was a very difficult thing, whether it be something or isn't it a pity or, God, that guy wrote beautiful songs about human beings so my two favorite george harrison stories one was uh harry nielsen who was a famous songwriter oh everybody God, liked harry. him he was drinking buddies with john lennon yes he he drank himself into an early grave yes he did and they all were at the graveside funeral and george harrison started singing one of harry's songs and everybody joined in it was you took my heart, you tore it apart, so F you. Yeah, so F you, <laughs> But yes. they don't say F you. No, they don't say the F you part. And the other one was, he's. this is in the 90s, he's in a mansion in, in London with his wife and just hired a new uh, housekeeper, uh, you know, a, a, a servant of some sort. And that night, some guy breaks into his house and stabs him. Mm. And, oh, that's and right. And George Harrison's that's wife right. fends the guy off. The cops show up. Harrison's getting wheeled out in an ambulance, stops, looks at the woman, and says, so how's your first day going? <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy. Oh, God, that's so funny. 
You know, that's like when when Reagan was getting operated on when he got shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He looks at the doctors and he says, I hope you guys are all Republicans. <laughs> well, it would probably but you got to have a sense of humor. you got to have a sense of humor. Um, one of my favorite stories about Harry Nilsson and John John Lennon hanging out together, and I can't remember whether it was a whiskey, a go-go, or the troubadour. Yeah, it was one of the two, or probably both. Probably right? both. They both got kicked out one night because they both showed up at the bar drunk, or the nightclub drunk. And both of them had a Kotex taped to their forehead. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Why would you go to a bar with a Kotex taped to your forehead? What is a Kotex? It's a, a it's feminine a, hygiene feminine product. Feminine hygiene product. They used to, it used to be called, and oh, I quote, okay. riding the cotton pony. That's what it used to be Great. called back in the day. So we've gone from castration to riding the riding cotton pony. Anyway. The castration thing was, there was a guy in. Still haven't explained that. What? Well, it was a news story, and I all asked for a refund because I assumed that all the listeners <laughs> turned it off when your dad was uh, telling the story. I was just reading a news story. I wasn't telling a story. Uh, I was yeah. doing my job. Okay, sorry I blew up. <laughs> Very funny. And you're such a wise guy. Why uh, are you such a wise guy? Explain I have it. no idea. It's just really, really unsettling is all so this, I know. It's, Andy, the story was about this guy who performed a castration on another guy yep. and botched it somehow and he had made like a little operating room in his garage it just popped up again snip snip dog mm. yep. <laughs> yeah he he uh he had he had a, a castration operating room in his garage he, he had cut off himself one, or others? one just one not both he cast Would he took off one nut. or something no hmm. no this it's a thing it's called like a, a fetish site yeah, don't he, don't Google that either. It's Unix Unic.com. Oh, see, now you're just feeding them. <laughs> no, I'm not feeding anybody anything. It was a Unic.com, and a guy contacted him and said, Hey, would you cut my nuts off? And he goes, Okay. And the guy die or something? I don't I don't remember. I think maybe the guy bled to death. Well, yeah, there's a lot of blood flow was, in that area. So I would think so, yeah. He's too busy crossing my legs. You were, yes, I understand. I'm that. guessing this was on Newser, because it's pretty much the caliber I expect from them. Yeah, Newser is a pretty trashy site, isn't it? I don't see it on Newser, though. I'm on Newser right now, and I don't see it on here. So I don't know where it came from. Maybe they had to. Oh, you're right. It's on Newser. Good job, Andy. Here it is right here. Uh, It's a pretty gory case out of Florida. Florida. Does that shock you? Yeah. No. Uh, By the way, sir, next time they take your mugshot, you need to comb your hair. It looks terrible. He looks a bit messed up. He really does. Yeah, he's got sores all over his forehead. And oh, God. It's a pretty gory case out of Florida, but the Highlands County uh, Sheriff's Department was punchy in explaining what happened. This one is a little, let's just say, sensitive. Reads its Tuesday Facebook post. You could even say it's kind of nuts. Oh, oh God. Really? Authorities say a deputy responding to a 911 hang-up late on Saturday was greeted at a Sebring home by Gary Van Ryswick who explained he had just castrated a man. That unnamed man was bleeding on a bed. Nearby, there was a pink container. Okay. Okay, we're not going to do it anymore. Alleges uh, a 74-year-old had fashioned a makeshift operating room in his home, one equipped uh, with pain medicine, medical tools, and a camera. Oh, he's, he was filming it. Hmm. Look at this. Let's watch the nut removal video that I made. Uh, oh, my God. I, I'll just do the last one because I know you don't want to hear about it anymore. Um, I'm filling in for Alex right now. The full Facebook post contains more castration-related jokes. Among them, Van Ryswick has dropped the ball on this. <laughs> God. 
really? That's what you're going uh, with? Van Ryswick has dropped the ball on this one. We will take a break. Come right back. Car selling secrets up in about, what, 10 minutes, something like that? Not even. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll about six minutes. We'll do it in five or six, sure. I like it. We'll be right back with the family.